Clarissa. Clarissa, darling. Okay, I didn't choose the name. I wanted Jade, but by that time it was too late already. Anything without a last name would be better, like Martika or Madonna would have been great, but no one asked me. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. And I'm Andrew. And this is episode 72. We have a very special guest today, Mitchell Kriegman, creator of Clarissa Explains It All and... Uh, a whole lot of yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was... We talked to him a little bit about it. He wrote for National Lampoon, yeah. The New Yorker. Uh, he did a little bit on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, he was kind of in the room on a lot of animated shows on yeah. Nick. Uh, Story editor for Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco. Those are the big hitters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he's um, also uh, done more modern stuff. Disney Channel, he did It's a Big, Big World, which was pretty big. Uh, the Book of Pooh. Uh, and then he's also got uh, two books, um, one called Being Audrey Hepburn, which came out, I think, about four years ago, and then uh, maybe more pertinent to our audience he wrote one called things i can't explain yeah. uh, which came out a couple years ago which is kind of a continuation of clarissa as a an adult yeah uh, if you haven't checked those out also bear in the big blue house oh. you didn't mention but i think that right. was a big thing for kids of that era <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um so just kind of an overall really creative guy um i think we get a pretty good insight into kind of what went into i think more than anything what i took away was kind of like just how coming he came to clarissa like how it how it all came about yeah yeah um rather than like the details of everything in the show yes uh, more of like who he is and kind of why clarissa is the way it is yeah really interesting guy he's just done so much different stuff it's like i mean not just uh this type of stuff but just like job wise um that it's really just impressive and weird yeah yeah, to have just be successful at so many different things you know yeah uh, seems like a cool dude. Um, we definitely get into some interesting stuff. Yeah, uh, totally. We also ask some of you, your guys' questions. Uh, some of you sent us some questions to ask him, so we tried to ask as many as uh, time permitted. Um, and then we also will ask him a little bit about the so-called revival of Clarissa mm, and yes. see what his response is to that. <laughs> um, but you got to stay tuned to the end for that. Yeah. Um, after the interview, stick around. Uh, we're going to play a little Clarissa Explains It All trivia, <laughs> see if we know our stuff, and yep. you guys can play along with us to see if you know the answers to these questions, uh, just to kind of have a little fun here sure. and celebrate Clarissa. <laughs> um, so you want to play the interview? Yeah, let's hear it. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hey. Thanks for, thanks for uh, talking to us. I'm Andrew. Sure. I'm Joey. Hi. <laughs> um, Hi. Really great to have you. Uh, this is a exciting moment for us, I think. We've had a couple of the other Nick uh, writers on, um, but uh, this, is a, this is a big one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we both really love... I'll accept that. <laughs> Uh, we're both really big fans of Clarissa. Um, oh, I think great. it's uh, probably, you know, it's one of the shows that I think really defines that whole golden era of Nickelodeon. Um, one of the things that really, like, defined its aesthetic, I think, over time. Um, so, uh, 
we I guess we'll just jump into some questions if you're game. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was first just wondering, uh, kind of what your childhood was like, and maybe. <laughs> Maybe what your first That's job was? That's really a bad way to go. It's <laughs> um, like a downer. It like starts with a downer. Oh. Um, <laughs> so wait, say the question again. What was my childhood like and what was uh, uh, my first job? Yeah, yeah, first job. <laughs> uh, delivering newspapers. Ah. Paperboy. And uh, I grew up in a super weird place that it just opens up a black hole of discussion. <laughs> so if, if I were to say it, in fact, I'm writing a whole book about it now. If I were oh. to say it, we have to all agree not to go into it too far. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, there's a tiny bit of a um, Clarissa relationship in terms of the first episode to where oh. I grew up almost sort of in a symbolic prop. <laughs> Um, so I grew up in a psychiatric clinic. Oh, wow. How's that? Is wow. that what you expected? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> fun, right? Is this yeah. a fun kind of interview? Yeah. Uh, I did. My The Kriegman Clinic in Virginia. Oh, wow. Wow. Anyway. So you weren't, you weren't a patient. You were... <laughs> well, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been a prisoner. Uh. <laughs> Um, well, that explains some of the uh, oh, just everything. how good Clarissa is and the weirdness <laughs> of some of it, you know. <laughs> but she That's is great. wearing. I'll point out in the first episode when she's trying to make her plan to kill her brother, which I don't think you could do an episode like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they would consider that a like a dangerous, politically <laughs> yeah, incorrect yeah. kind of thing to do for a kid show, yeah. uh, even to discuss it. Um, but at the time, it was like a joyous idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, she tries on a straitjacket. Yeah, um, I do remember that. Not that they had straitjackets at the clinic, but I <laughs> I had a straitjacket. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, that's, a, that's really I mean, most great, kids but... growing up in a clinic have a, you know, straitjacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We, we can't confirm or we don't know. <laughs> We're trusting you. Uh, okay, we'll go with that one. <laughs> uh, well, because we are a podcast that kind of talks about like all nostalgic things, uh, we always like to ask people kind of what were the things when you were younger that influenced you, whether it was like, oh, movies. Oh, or... that's what you were kidding at, as opposed to <laughs> Freud. Um... Freud or Nietzsche, that's cool. But... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right, what influenced you? Um I'm trying to think what did influence me from a, you know, shows that I watched. Do you mean like that? Yeah. Shows or books or music, whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, obviously for me, I mean, Bugs Bunny, Rocky and Bullwinkle, mm. uh, Cecil, the seasick serpent. Um, <laughs> and then there were, you know, various, I guess I watched Disney stuff too, and uh, goofy things like Heidi, which was a weird <laughs> maudlin kind of girl who saved a blind girl. Something really <laughs> gross. Anyway, dark weird things. I don't know. I I mean, comedy wise, kids show wise. I mean, Bugs Bunny is like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, you know? yeah. Leave it to Beaver. I guess I watched oh. Leave it to Beaver. I must have watched Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> You just assume. Yeah. I was very impressed by Eddie Haskell. And Ferguson <laughs> definitely uh, 
Ferguson definitely like was a a, rip, a page out of the Eddie Haskell book, uh-huh. no doubt. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, that's really interesting. <laughs> um, what uh, what kind of pushed you in this direction, like the writing direction and just getting involved in um, TV shows in general? Yeah, so I always wanted to be a writer and uh, I started out writing lists of things. That was my original oh. kind of idea of being a writer, which actually is very similar to writing uh, you're just writing lists with scenes in them instead of writing them on your own. They have a whole and, website uh, now. Buzz, BuzzFeed's pretty much a website of lists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, listicles there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I did. What did I do originally? Well, you know, I was a video. I was. A, I wanted to be a novelist, and I was told by the most famous writers in America I would never be a novelist. <laughs> um, I had no talent for writing, and so then I started being a video artist, and. Um, a video artist, which was like really kind of a very marginal thing. Now people actually consider it real, a video <laughs> art thing, which is my daughter's in art school. And she actually saw my picture up on the screen in a class as oh, something wow. that was part of the art world. So. <laughs> You've made it. And, and, yeah, and they're talking about archiving my video art. And so as a video oh, artist, I was a, which also related to Clarissa, actually. I was a, um, I kind of did short little weird uh videos that now would be on youtube and with the earliest video equipment and i they were weird stories you know like uh uh, i had a story about collecting jaws from old relatives (laughs) 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 all that kind of upbeat kind of stuff and um the the uh, psychiatric wards really started to make sense (laughs) yeah now it's all coming together right anyway so i um no, I, I just sort of made up stories. I, I was always trying to make up stories and, and stuff like that. And then I, I worked in the as a sort of an artist, as a video artist, and I did performances in the dark. That was my other big thing. <laughs> I had this idea that I would perform without being seen. That was my goal in life for a while. <laughs> and, uh, and then I did these performances, and they were actually really good. You know, I got grants, and I got a good... They were uh, shown everywhere in the New York art scene and so and around the country. And so I did something called the Telephone Stories, where actually, the, I forgot all about that. The, Janet and Marshall were characters in my Telephone Stories. Hmm. Um, and the Telephone Stories were these uh, audio plays for the telephone that I invented. <laughs> the idea of audio plays <laughs> for the telephone. <laughs> And it actually was at the Whitney, like in the biennial Whitney at uh, like three floors. And it, so you'd call up. This is before Dial-A-Joke. Um, so you'd call up and this phone number and you'd get this guy, Marshall, who I played Marshall at the time. <laughs> and uh, he would uh, be doing weird things like sitting in the bathtub, taking a bath and talking to you and the dog would try to his dog would try to jump into the bathtub and or he'd be talking about how he's going to break up with janet and then janet would show up and he'd be kind of hiding from her while he talked <laughs> to you and they're all like weird little stories that was a big thing for a while wow. that's the first time i came with janet and marshall wow. um that's a really cool cool thing yeah. invention well, and there was another, you know, there was something called George. I'm pretty sure this is right. George and Marsha. If you Google George and Marsha, was a really ridiculous comedy routine that I think was just audio. I forget. I got to find this out myself where they just were like 
This is so weird. So we've started off so strangely in this whole conversation. So um, <laughs> it would be just a guy saying, uh, the woman would say George. And then the guy would say Marsha. And it'd be like, George, Marsha. George, Marsha. <laughs> that was a big influence on me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so there you go. All makes perfect sense now. Yeah, it? yeah. It's that'll... all coming together right away. That'll be the next big podcast, George and Marsh. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> um, so this is how you got uh, into the mode of eventually being on Saturday Night Live for a short period of time. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. I got uh, Michael O'Donohue. I was sort of the the good old. Uh, the the end of the good old days and the beginning of the bad old days <laughs> at SNL. And O'Donohue, I wrote for the National Lampoon. O'Donohue, who I liked a lot, liked my work. I was in the more of the Guido Sarducci, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. I had a persona uh, called Marshall Klugman. Because one day, one day someone called me on the phone and says, Marshall Klugman there? And I said, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So this is how I passed my time until I did Clarissa. <laughs> and then meaning came into my life. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. So I, yeah, so I did all those videos. And then uh, O'Donoghue put him in something called Mr. Mike's Mondo Video, which was a real freak show of a comedy show. <laughs> and I bounced around a bunch of late night comedy things. And then I did, um, I'll get into the real uh, kind of origin in a way, is I did these shows on it. Before there was the comedy channel, there was the comedy network. Yeah. And there was these dueling comedy networks, Ha and the Comedy Channel. And I did two series on the comedy channel. One was Rachel Sweet, who ended up writing oh, yeah. the Nana song. Yeah. And she had a show called The Sweet Life. And, um, and then the Higgins Boys and Groover. Uh, who was uh, Steve Higgins, who went on to do you know SNL and then did uh, Jimmy uh, Fallon, right? Jimmy Fallon, right? Yeah. And and his brothers in like sitcoms and all sorts of stuff. And Gruber had a show on Comedy Central at some point. Anyway, they were a very talented, sort of like almost like a David Mamet kind of uh, performance group. And I produced their show. And between those two shows, they were just tedious shows because they were the performers were super good but the the idea of comedy channel were these three-hour blocks of stand-up comedy routines like <laughs> music videos yeah which i think they show those in the gulag <laughs> in, uh, in russia <laughs> pure torture yeah and but they did the Higgins boys and gruber and rachel sweet did these brilliant interstitial pieces in between and I got the idea of cutting them all together like it was a sitcom, two separately. I mean, I, I cut the Higgins Boys and Gruber together like a sitcom. And because they were hosts of the show and they did weird comedy bits in the, in the thing, they talked to the camera while they were talking to each other. So that kind of, and when I cut it together, because I never liked sitcoms. I actually hated sitcoms because they were too slow. You know, and yeah. they were two uh, same things happened. Time never passed. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like it was also torture. And, <laughs> um, but when we I cut this thing together because they were doing it over time the way they were, you know, big things happened in between the cuts and scenes went all over the place. And it was just a much more imaginative 
thing. And when I cut it together from this footage, it was like, oh, I could do a sitcom that way. And I finally thought I could do one. Uh, and that's how so many of the conventions and Clarissa came about because they were people forget about this part, but it was really a very short scene driven sitcom. Yeah. And sh short scenes were not the way it was done in those days. And uh, and they could jump all over the place and time would pass. And and then I started adding some of these other things like graphics and fantasies and uh, and all that other stuff. And when you add those things together, you suddenly have this sort of a new. Uh, it still seemed like a sitcom and delivered that good old sitcom feeling, yeah. but it was really, you know, much more souped up and fun and, huh. did, and, and moved around. You know. Did, did Nickelodeon give you kind of a say in that? Because to that point, the only other, I think like live action show was Hey Dude, which was shot on location. Was there any thought of Clarissa being, you know, that type of show or was it always a sitcom from the start? Oh mm -hmm. no, the way that, there was no plan at Nickelodeon at that moment for a sitcom. <laughs> that seems to be a <laughs> no, reoccurring theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no plan, yeah. uh, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So they were kind of plunging, and I had done a weird stock footage show for them for Nick at Night called, and now a word from our sponsors. Hmm. In the old days of really funny, um, really funny uh, commercials on TV. And I had a stock footage partner, and we put together this thing called Now Word from our sponsor, and we got Madge and King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> a giant King Kong puppet. I forgot all about that. Madge was, like, doing his nails and talking about stuff, and we <laughs> cut away these commercials. And, um, and then, uh, so I was already sort of in the mix, and then they gave me and another writer whose name will go unmentioned a, a deal to do a sitcom. And he was much more um, experienced than I was. He had written, you know, even tried to write. He had written at least spec sitcoms. Maybe he wrote on somebody's sitcom or something. He was more experienced than I was. And then he bailed to move to L.A. and worked uh, out in L.A. And, uh, and it was really lucky for me because we were going to do something really obnoxious. Like, um, I think I remember the sitcom we were going to do. It was... Um, uh, alien swap or something like that <laughs> where a parent with a it was like whatever those sick those movies were where yeah you know somebody's kid gets swapped with somebody there's an alien that got swapped yeah. or, i don't know it would have been horrible <laughs> anyway so then when i was left to my own um i i inherited the deal you know they were sort of uh. stuck with me and i that's when i came up with clarissa and one of the really big fortunate things so there was so that was just my idea. But Jerry Laybourne, who's the, you know, really the hero or heroine of Nickelodeon, in my mind, she um, shared with me all of the uh, studies they did on who was the audience hmm. uh, for Nickelodeon. And this is before people did a lot of that. And there was a Mullen agency, an ad agency. It was very much a madman kind of ad agency. had done this study. And I got to read the whole thing. And it was like, a revelation to me because I wasn't again, I wasn't dying to do sitcoms, but then I figured out, okay, I'm going to identify their audience. Cause that's the way I, Clarissa was almost all my shows ended up being this way where I, sometimes I say Clarissa was a really great show, but it was an even better ad campaign <laughs> for, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for Nick, because she, I, I decided they needed a girl. I decided First of all, I decided they needed a person, and Nick, because up until that moment, besides <laughs> Salute, 
your shorts. They just had game shows and yeah. stuff, you know? So I thought, oh, well, they need a person. Then I thought, well, they need a girl. And and I knew they wouldn't let me do the kind of boy I wanted to do. So I, I would have wanted to do a boy that wouldn't have fit any categories. That They still don't do really cool boys. They, they tend to do everywhere. I mean, they, they tend to do boys that are either, a, you know, a nerd or they're a jock or they're really popular. But they don't do anyway. They don't do people that are original for boys still. It's really hard to do. Mm. But anyway, so I did Clarissa and I, it was a moment for girls. And, you know, I have this belief that um, people say, oh, you're ahead of your time. And I believe that you're never, that you cannot be physically ahead of your time <laughs> until they figure out how yeah. to do future time travel. Yeah. So what I think is that you're in your time and everybody's like 10 years behind you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're on time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on time. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> they're, they haven't caught up with the time yet. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. So, so I think I was very much in the moment when I did Clarissa by picking a girl and doing all the things that I did with her, you know, and it was the idea that she was a person more than a girl. You know what I mean? And that's not a knock on being a girl. It was like, I knew she was going to be a girl. It was going to be played by a girl, you know, but I wasn't going to make her girly and I wasn't going to make her uh, boyish either. I mean, I don't think she's a tomboy really, but I was going to make her a kid. And I just believe that everybody relates to everybody else, especially on a kid level. And that's what the idea was. So there wasn't really a plan to have a sitcom at all at that point, but they were open to it, which is all that mattered. Yeah. No, I think it definitely it filled that void. I mean, I think of my older sister, and I always thought Clarissa was so much like my older sister, where it was just, you know, this. she wasn't a girl to me. She was just like my sister, and she, <laughs> right. she liked the same music I liked and wore pretty much the same right. clothes I wore. Um, so, like, even just going off that, one of our listeners, Sarah, uh, she knew we were going to be talking to you. She asked uh, if Clarissa was actually based off of anyone you knew, because she seems so real. Yeah. Well, um, I always give kind of credit to this. Uh, my my ex at the time was a editor at Seventeen. There was another editor at Seventeen that was really out of the box with red hair, dyed pinkish red hair, way back then, and. Uh, she was in an amalgam of all the out there cool girls I knew. Some of them would never have talked to me, um, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But um, and I knew there was this sort of fourteen-year-old girl that was either, you know, had a boyfriend with a Ferrari, or they were, you know, <laughs> still in school, being, you know, interesting. And I knew I couldn't do the girl with the Ferrari. So <laughs> I, um, yeah. So she's like she, and you know, also there was this thing where. And I had to come up with all these rationales for all sorts of stuff. I've been thinking about it lately a lot. So, like, for instance, well, they'd say, is there really a girl like this? You know, and I'd say, well, yeah, I'd, I'd pretend like there was, you know, like like that, you know, there was a girl who was super cool. But, you know, um, everybody liked Because usually if you're super cool, they don't like you, I don't think. Hmm. You know what I mean? Especially in those days. Now it's different. It's different now. But, you know, and there were a lot of things where I had to come up with rationales for what I wanted to do. Uh, like talking to the camera, I had to say, oh, there are very serious rules about this and when they can do it when they can't. Because they're all worried nobody will understand when yeah. she's talking to the camera. You know, and we all know that's yeah. baloney, right? Yeah. 11, and, 11 year olds aren't particularly concerned about rules. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, but there, so. She was just aspirational, I guess, you know, and I wanted the ideal girl who was. And the other big thing about her, which is very different than what they did after Clarissa, 
is she was a star in her own life as okay. opposed to trying to be a star. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really interested in this kind of story where somebody transforms themselves into somebody cool. Yeah, you know? definitely. And uh, growing up in the clinic, instead of it being Freud explains it all, I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on this, but just the, the whole tone of it and the way it doesn't talk down to anyone um, is just, especially, well, at the time, but even now, it's still, like, weird. Yeah. But it feels great, yeah. you know? Um, I also noticed that you came up with a show Bible for this, and I was yes. just really interested with the whole uh, idea and what led you to get that organized. And Yeah. Well, there's two, so there's two questions. The first answer is that uh, about talking down. Yeah. I, and this is, again, I think Jerry had a lot to do with me thinking this way, but this is my orientation. In other words, what I wanted, and I knew I wanted this as a kid, I felt that there were always, you know how baby parrots are fed by their mother parents by them pre-chewing their food? Did you know this? Uh, this is a little yeah. fact. Yeah, yeah. regurgitate, okay. right? <laughs> regurgitate, right. They regurgitate the food and give it to them. And I always hated this sort of thing that kids were always given what felt like regurgitated mm. media. Yeah. And so I, my thing was, well, can't you just give them the real thing, but it's the real thing that's like kind of designed in their category. You follow me? Yeah. In other words, instead of it being, um, uh, oh, we're going to dumb down a sitcom or we're going to make it easier for them to understand this, we're going to do something that's right in their you know, wheelhouse yeah. and we're going to do it cool. Right. So naturally, it's not going to have four letter words in it or something that's about something that doesn't make any sense for them. You know what I mean? So it's already that's preordained, you know, and so you don't have to worry about dumbing it down. I mean, there were certain things you had to learn not to. But, you know, honestly, the words, the words in Clarissa are there are big words in Clarissa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we talk about we do quote Freud and um, Nietzsche and all that stuff in, <laughs> yeah. in Clarissa. So so uh, so that's that answer. So it just was I always wanted to do, you know, a, a sitcom that was like for it was like another group of people. Like if you're going to do a sitcom for any group of people, you know what I mean? You don't talk down to them, you know, yeah. you don't. Anyways, that's one. The other thing you <laughs> asked me was about, uh, what was the second part of it? It was about, uh, uh, oh, the Bible. Yeah. So the Bible. So <laughs> I just wanted to, it was, the Bible was written for other writers. It's what's called, you know, they use my Bible as examples for lots of people. Uh, and, and sometimes I was not happy about that. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I remember going over to Disney one time and trying to pitch shows. I said, oh, you know, we don't really need your kind of show anymore because we've got your Bible and we just adapt your Bible. Wow. To other shows. <laughs> and I was kind of grateful that he was honest about it, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, so I just wanted to get the fullest creation and understanding of what I was doing. And I just got very kind of analytic about it and broke it down and there were um monologue i've always found this was a great way to to write where i wrote monologues for everybody i i had a whole vision of what it was going to be and i found that show bibles are just great they're kind of fun you're like creating a whole imaginary world <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely Wow. That's not available for public consumption, is it? The Clarissa Bible? You know, somebody, I'm pretty sure Mental Floss or... Oh, okay. 
Yeah, when I wrote when I wrote the novel, you know, you guys know I wrote a novel. Yeah, you know, things I can't explain, right? Yeah. yeah. So when I wrote things I can't explain, there was a flurry of stuff, um, and one of my goals in things I can't explain was to explain all the things that I didn't explain. <laughs> and Clarissa explains it all. Yeah. She How has, do you like that? She has more to say. And, yeah. yeah. And um, so lots of stuff is in the book, and uh, the. Uh, when I did that, I think they got a hold of the Bible. They got a hold of the pilot. I don't know. There was a bunch mm. of stuff. If not, they published some of it, yeah. um, little bits of it, you know. Um, so I think it's around somewhere. Cool. Um, another listener, uh, Cynthia, she asked um, more from, like, the actor standpoint, uh, what stood out to you about Melissa Joan Hart when she auditioned? Why, why was she Clarissa? Mm. She well, here's a my story. A to, oft, often told story is that she, um, there were two girls. There was a girl who, in a way, was Clarissa, meaning that she was a real outsider kind of girl, and she was cool. And then there was Melissa. Melissa came in and she like lightened up the screen. I mean, that's the big thing about Melissa Joan Hart. She has a presence that just lightens everything up around her. Yeah. And she was super skilled and she came in an audition twice. And she knows this story really well, that she wore these, um, overalls and with like, I think a, a turquoise shirt underneath and the strap on the, um, overall fell down at the same point each time. She auditioned. <laughs> And I just was like kind of amazed by that. I don't know what that had to do with anything, but she did really, <laughs> and it was really good. And I met with Jeffrey Darby, who confirmed what I thought, which is that she just lightened up the screen. And she was somebody who was so highly skilled. And, you know, everybody's aware of this, that she just, she's in every single scene of that series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to depend on her. I mean, I consider her my partner back then. I mean, she... You know, I mean, she, if she couldn't do it, nobody could do it, you know? And she knew, her mind worked so well, she knew everybody's part, you know? Yeah, that's cool. And so she was amazing. But her quality of being, and then there's this thing, if you go back to the straitjacket and the, the crazy performance art stuff, I found, and this was a big revelation, that if I put my crazy sort of lunatic off-the-wall stuff... <laughs> into you know the character of a 14 year old girl it was that was charming it was much funnier and more lighthearted and fun yeah so i kind of was like thrilled with that you know Hmm. like when she wears let me just say this when she wears the straight jacket in that scene and falls backwards which was so cool (laughs) and uh did that first episode yeah you know you're not sitting there worried about how I mean, it's a funny, weird thing that she's wearing a straight jacket. It's not like alarming and disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And yeah. so, so I really loved all that about her. You know. Um, did uh, did your personality and just your way of working like was that something that was common to all the to the other people you were around in this era, or I mean, were you like a diamond in the rough? <laughs> uh, when you say other people who do you meet people um, like any just the people that you were working with like anybody you were working with at nickelodeon um 
anybody even like on the set or off? Well, you know, I mean, there were other there were other people, and they were all brilliant. I mean, yeah, yeah. Will McRobb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, Scott was brilliant. He did the promos. Um, and, uh, you know, Christmas Scardy. Yeah. There were a lot of people. They were all their own quirk, you know. I mean, Will is as quirky in his own <laughs> yeah, way. Totally. Yeah, we got know. to talk to him a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, I loved your interview with him. Oh, I loved it. Cool. I'm a huge fan of his. And uh, I think they were crazy, crazy, crazy not to pick up a kid called Mayonnaise. It was oh. just a... Yes. That would have been a great show. I yeah. think I think Stranger Things comes from Will McRobb. Yeah, you know what I mean, I think I think his sensibility leads to a lot of stuff, and he's not really credited for it. I think he's totally. brilliant. So I was, uh, you know, Will had a negative uh, name for me, Nickelodeon, <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize it until he did a sitcom once for uh, USA Network. And I was doing uh, my Winnie the Pooh show for Disney at the time yeah. that, with that um, technology of Boon Recoup puppets and CGI. Yeah. And I was working on the set one day, and there was this ad in the newspaper for a show. I forget what it was called, but it, it, had, it featured a tombstone with the name Kriegman on it. <laughs> and I thought, this is just not, there are no other, there aren't any other Kriegmans. I mean, what is that? <laughs> yeah. And I knew the head of USA, so I called him up and I said, "Where? How did you let anybody use my name like that? I and mean, in there, isn't that illegal or something? It's on a tombstone. <laughs> this is really creepy." And he said, "Well, that's Will McRobb. That's his show." And I'm like, "Will?" I was really hurt. I was really hurt for a while. And I called up Will, and he said, "Well, I needed a." A character, a name for a character who was an evil genius. <laughs> and so it was a little bit like being on the playground and the cool kids didn't like me or something. <laughs> I don't know why. But, you know, I know I was in my own little world at Nick and I was, uh, I, having come from, I could have been raised by wolves and it would have been better than the clinic. And so <laughs> I, um, I wasn't the best at uh, social interaction. So I think I, I was a little more kind of off the wall, inexplicable. Yeah. Uh, and I had to depend on uh, the actual value of my work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to some people. Some people oh. can be like, oh, he's a nice guy. Let's give him a show. Uh, yeah. and he is like, they looked at me and they went, wow, he's weird. He's really difficult. We don't know what to do with him. But the show is good, so okay, we'll do it. You know, that's the way I was. When you tap into your social side, that's the Mitchell Klugman part of you. Yeah, the Marshall Klugman. <laughs> or Marshall, side. yeah, the Marshall clue. Klugman, yeah. I was very much Marshall. Marshall Klugman was my clueless. <laughs> Over the years, thankfully, I've learned, you know, some, enough, you know, yeah. to, to be like, I know how to hold a fork. <laughs> and how to use a spoon you know these are things that were hard to learn for me yeah it could be advantageous though in that you know that your work really stands you know for something like it's the, totally true yeah no it's totally true i'll tell you there's a famous um tv executive brandon tartikoff from that generation of in those days in the 90s right he was he was actually a very well thought of tv executive who uh was the head of NBC at the time. And I met with him and they were doing Saved by the Bell, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Which was not 
I'm on the level of what I was doing. And, uh, and I walk into the meeting and the first thing he says to me, he says, well, I hope you made millions of dollars on Clarissa because we made those say by the bell guys rich and that show isn't worth crap compared to Clarissa. <laughs> yeah. And so of course I didn't. And, uh, and I said to him, well, I guess I'll have to rest on my artistic merits <laughs> yeah. because, because that's the way it was, you know, but yeah. it pays off. It's paid off for me. Yeah, and it's totally. the kind of thing I, it's a career that mattered to me, you know? Yeah. Um, well, another one of our listeners, uh, emailed and asked that, she, well, I'll quote her. She says, I remember picking out my own wardrobe as a young girl and trying to make it as Clarissa as I could or decorating my room as much as like, as much like her as possible. So she asked what inspired her style, her clothes, uh, and the putting together of her room, uh, which is like, I think her room was one of the realest rooms <laughs> I saw on TV as a kid. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Right. There's a great, there's a bunch of good stories about that. So, but basically what happened was I... Look, I really saw kids. Again, I grew up in a place where you couldn't design your room. Yeah, and <laughs> because it was a it was a room that they were going to turn over to a patient when I left. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, and I grew up in a place where you couldn't really, you know, break out and do stuff. So I was really intent on designing something that would be different. And also, I was aware that kids. There was a book out of kids in their bedrooms because kids were doing that, you know, to some degree. And um, so I wanted her and she was all about, you know, empowerment is really like a, a poor word for who she was. She was more about being herself and being somebody and and defining who she was. You know, that was my thing is there's a fancy word for it. I call it self pigmalion. But the idea that you can transform yourself into the person you want to be. Mm. And um Really and inspiring. so a person yeah. say what? That's really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, it is really. It's called, I call the creative transformation of your self, you know? Yeah. And, and it's why I wrote a novel called being Audrey Hepburn, because that's who Audrey Hepburn was. She invented herself. You know, I was all about people inventing themselves and Clarissa invented herself. That was the idea. And, um, so if you're going to invent yourself, you're going to define yourself by your room. You're going to define yourself by your clothes when she first said, this is a powerful thing I figured out. When she first said in the first line of the show, my name is Clarissa. I didn't choose the name. The idea of somebody <laughs> who doesn't like their name. Yeah. That's already like super like what? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like your name. I need to know more about that person. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, that's true. And uh, and so. All these kinds of things are defining of her character, and that was my goal, you know, in the sitcom. The funny story about the room is that I had, they had one set designer, a very good guy, Byron Taylor, who, um, who designed all the rooms for everybody in every show and all this other stuff. And he designed a girly room, which is what I wanted him to do. And then I, I told the set uh, director who was on the set, to take a can of black paint and paint a checkered board of black paint on the wall. Yeah. And people freaked out. <laughs> um, like the, um, one of the cameramen said, is she possessed by the devil? Why did she do that? You know, why is she, you know, and it's just like, they, they, everybody was like, this is crazy. The set designer was really upset at first. I think he learned that it was a good idea eventually. So, <laughs> So that's like an example. I wanted to take your typical girl and then twist it, you know, and move it away from that and make her 
And, and, you know, this is in her language, too. One of the things I learned is that, yeah, 411 was a popular term in the time. It was a little ahead of its game. But there's a lot of stuff that she makes up. And that's what I learned. Like, if you just say that the latest words, you know, as if you're just spouting, like, the lingo of the moment, uh, you get dated really fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you're making up your own thing and doing your own thing, that doesn't get dated. That's yeah. why it still works with her, you know. So her room was that way. That was that way. And then I had the idea um, that she dressed in her own way. And the only adult version of this that I knew at the time, I know a lot more now. In the book, I actually came up with the perfect model. There's actually a famous um, uh, uh, clothing designer and muse for Yves Saint Laurent um, in the book that I used as my model. Uh, for her, but not at the time. Mm. I didn't know at the time. At the time, Diane Keaton was sort of dressing in eclectic ways and wearing just some oddball stuff. So I thought, I'm going to just let this girl blow it out. And I really liked that she didn't uh, wear coordinated clothes. She mixed and matched. It's what spoke to her. And then the, the really good thing I did, and the reason why it really works, like that's a nice idea, but there was a woman who unfortunately passed away in the last year and a half, Lisa Letterer. She was really my muse for so many things on Clarissa and a lot of things I've done since. She, so she also came from Seventeen, where the girl with red hair came from, Seventeen magazine. She didn't work at Seventeen, but she knew the girl with red hair. And Lisa uh, had a um, nose ring, which at the time was another sign of the devil. Right? <laughs> and um, when Nickelodeon heard that I hired a girl with a nose ring to do the co- the clothes for Clarissa, they freaked out about that one too. Wow. And uh, but Lisa really had the eye and knew how to do the clothes the way I wanted it to be, and she um, she made that work. You know what I mean? It was an idea that she made work, and she was brilliant. And she really. Also, in church, her whole spirit informs Clarissa Explains It All, I have to say, because she really was a rebel of her own, and she helped, you know, move things in that direction. Yeah. So, it was really good. Um, here's something I briefly caught you mention on another podcast. Um, the Clarissa board game, you were some involved in creating that in some way? Um, I just wanted... I wrote it. Oh, wow. I wrote everything in it. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, I wrote the whole thing. <laughs> what was that like? How did I mean? I I, I don't know anything about uh, creating a board game, so I'm just <laughs> curious. I don't really know anything about it either. You know, I just it just said they hardly did any merchandise at all. Yeah. You know, I mean they they were anti merchandise, honestly, oh. and uh, it was a shame. You know, yeah. I mean they couldn't get their head around her originality. You know what I mean? And when people, here's the beauty of it all. When people say, and this was like, happened a lot. When people say, oh, I dress like Clarissa. They're not saying they're wearing the same clothes they saw Clarissa (laughs) wear. You know what I mean? And this is like a big deal, really, when you think about it. They're saying, I'm going to wear what I feel like wearing. I'm going to create my own clothes like Clarissa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a culture rather than the ensemble. Yeah. 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 That's a big deal. And we did a funny thing when the book came out. We had a contest, a Dress Like Clarissa contest. And it was actually super boring. Because, <laughs> oh, wow. 
because people dress like Clarissa all the time now. Uh, yeah. And when they came, I was like, well, they're not really dressing like Clarissa. They're just wearing their clothes, you know, yeah. like, whatever. But that's sort of, anyway. So there was no merchandise. The board game was a lot of fun to do. There was a discussion of a video game for a little while. Oh, man. And cool. then uh, that would have been cool, but they didn't do that either. That, that would have been cool, like, in the format that she plays on yeah. her little computer. Like an 8-bit yeah. <laughs> Clarissa game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would been cool. Um, speaking of that, I really liked that aspect of the show, especially as a kid, and just this idea of making your own game. Um, how did you guys do that at the time? So it seems, like, tough Labor, back then. Laborious, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, so there was uh, the idea... Again, sort of like just like there was Lisa who made the clothes really happen. There's a guy who's a very talented writer, Tim Burns, who I still work with occasionally. And he like writes if you Google him, he's written a lot of TV shows and music. I think he wrote a bunch of stuff for Alex Winter, oh, uh, cool. Ted, and yeah. uh, and um, really funny guy. And he had a knack for making those. Uh, I worked with him. My favorite thing he did wasn't a video game, actually, is in the No TV episode when mm. he did the the Russian shopping <laughs> channel. Yes. <laughs> we talked about that at length. We've talked about that episode. I, we loved that yeah, part. That, I mean, that to me was, I mean, considering today's events, that was way ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an example of being ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, did you did a really good job uh, on the show of employing female directors and female writers? Uh, did you ever right. like receive any pushback with just the fact that you know you're a guy writing a show about a girl? Did you ever receive pushback on that or not really? Okay, here you go. So the show tested through the roof, right? Uh-huh. Super well, and then they got they didn't like the idea that a guy created this show about a girl. <laughs> And they'd say things to me like, well, how are you going to write about it if she has her period? I said, well, I'm not going to write about her, period. I don't think that's something we ought to do a show about. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And and there was this back and forth for a while. Then they, there was a fateful dinner where they took me out to dinner in New York City at the Marriott Hotel that has a, a spinning restaurant, yeah. which is like the world's worst idea, right? <laughs> a spinning restaurant, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you want to vomit yeah. while you're eating, that's a good idea. So so while this restaurant's spinning around, they're saying to me, um, you know, we really feel like a girl needs to produce this show, even though I had produced it and written it, and it was all mine, right? But I work with a lot of women, like my uh, 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 line producer, my first writer was... Um, was Alexa Young, who went on to do Friends and a hundred other things, oh, yeah. and and uh, Sarah Sarah Condon was my uh, line producer, who went on to do uh, Sex in the City and a hundred other things. All really great women, right? Yeah. And uh, and Lisa, I've already mentioned Lisa, and um, so I said, okay, I guarantee you that that there'll be a writer, director, and producer on every show that's a woman, as long as I count as a woman, uh, as long as I count. As a woman. Um, and so they looked at me like I was nuts. And then we sat there while the whole restaurant spun around a whole nother time. <laughs> and eventually I think they just gave up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there, 
I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but I'm not even, I I guess I don't even mean, is there a favorite episode of yours, but is there an episode that like sticks with you that you're most fond of for Mm. any certain reason or that you think about the most or recollect? Oh yeah. I have a, I have like a handful that I love. I love, you know, I love no TV, which I think is in a lot of ways, the best episode. Um, I love cool dad. I love (laughs) parents who say, I love parents who say no. Yeah. Um, those are heavily family oriented mm, episodes. mm. Yeah. Yeah. They were like kind of really right in the sweet spot of the show. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I like the earlier episodes because it was, uh, you know, I probably tended to write the early episodes more. Um, the bully episode. I really like a lot. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, those are the ones that come to mind right away. Cool. Well, you've been so successful in so many areas. Um, I mean, we know for sure writing, directing, acting, teaching, amid other things. Yeah. Um, w- do you have any advice for people in general? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I really have... Because I, you know, I was raised by wolves. I, um, <laughs> I, I relied on my work, and so yeah. I always did the next thing, and I was always doing another thing. Mm. And I couldn't stand the idea of not having another chance to do something. Right. And it's a little bit like people who uh, grow up hungry and then they never get enough to eat. So I always wanted to create something else i wanted to try to do something else i wanted to see if i could do this other form like animation or a novel um and i really uh so the advice really is to keep making things that's the biggest advice yeah i couldn't, Um, couldn't agree more i'm a big enabler of people trying to do something i think inspiration's overrated i think you need to just do stuff and make it better not great but better um and i think you just people say no then you have to do it yeah yeah that's great yeah i like that um well before we go one last one last thing um one of our listeners juan mentioned that there's been word of perhaps a revival of clarissa um i don't know if you can say anything about that um but is there more clarissa headed our way or Really, I haven't heard a thing about that. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, it would be great. <laughs> that ex- we'll see. That explains nothing. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, well, we you s- know. Um, we certainly hope so, you're involved, if there is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I... Uh, if it happens, I'll be involved. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Um, no, there's. We'll see. Maybe okay. soon. So we'll see. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Exciting. we we really appreciate the fact that you know you have just kept creating um, yeah. and doing cool things to kind of inspire our generation, and uh, we really love taking a look back at Clarissa, and we're just really appreciative of you taking the time to talk to us. Can I flip this? Uh, appreciation around um because i actually get a ton out of talking to 
you guys and reading what other people write about Clarissa and um, ideas. Everybody, you know, it's funny. I'm sorry to extend this, but oh, no. <laughs> maybe you want me to shut up and go away. Right? <laughs> but, um, but um, you know, there was testing in the old days of Clarissa that was better than the testing they do these days. And the testing was, you know, they wanted to see what kids thought about Clarissa and the, and the kids at the time, just think about it. I was writing for people who are 30 and stuff. I was writing for them when they were 12. Yeah. Right. And, um, and they, uh, what they, they would tell me the stuff. And they, they cautioned me not to get uh, worried about it. And the results of the testing was, uh, how kids had other ideas of how to kill Ferguson. You know, and they had, <laughs> they wanted the parents to do this and they wanted the kids to do that. And they wanted Sam to do this, you know? And, I just get a ton out of that. When I read what people think should happen or was behind it, or and when people ask me, uh, when I was writing the novel, they would put out word that the novel was coming, and then everybody wrote about what they thought should be in the novel. And I learned so much about what mattered to everybody. <laughs> um, so I'm really grateful the other way around. You know what I mean? And I'm grateful that I could have created a show that people remember 26 years later and really remember it, not like a kid's show as much as like part of their life. Yeah. So it's a mutual admiration society, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Because I'm very grateful too, you know. Uh, yeah, we're just really appreciative. Um, if you ever if you ever do need to just call back and uh, get that, you know, your childhood <laughs> off your chest. <laughs> Anytime. No, no, no. We're we're in you don't want to hear that. <laughs> It's a dark and, and spider webby uh, place. With uh, it might be the upside down. I don't know. I think it might be there. Andrew and I sometimes um, we do like our own. Write an episode. We'll pick a Nickelodeon show and we'll make our own episodes. Uh, oh, cool! So, so when we get to Clarissa, I think uh, a lot of what you told us may, may inform our episodes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Well, I want to see it. I want to see it when yeah. you do it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much again. And, um, you know, we'll hope, hope to hear more from you in the future. Okay. I will. We'll be in touch. Cool. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. 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 So that was Mitchell Kriegman. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool guy. <laughs> really interesting. Really nice. Yeah. Um, really just cool to know more about the whole process um, yeah in and, creating this type of thing and kind of what creative person he was that he yeah. liked kind of abstract comedy and um yeah i would have liked just to get into that time period of his experimental yeah <laughs> uh phase yeah i thought that I, was really cool i think the um different creators of the shows that we've had on so far have had uh, have shared similarities yeah. between them. You yeah. Know? Um, just certain things about their personality and stuff that Definitely. maybe informed some of this stuff. Yeah. They seem like optimists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They seem like that people who really believe, like, just kind of keep pushing. Yeah. And I think at the core, a lot of the people we've talked to are just like the writing is the big part. You just yes. got to keep writing. Yeah. Um, so, really cool to talk yeah, to these people. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not become. It, I, each time we talk to one of these guys, it's like surreal still. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so it's really cool to do that. 
Um, so maybe, oh man, I'm hoping we, I hope we hear something about a Clarissa revival. I know yeah, he left us really kind of hanging so. there. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> to hear though that he will be involved if it exists. Yes, um, he seemed to news. imply that maybe, yeah, he would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're not seeing you. But, uh, but I like, I, I just like that. I hope for a lot of this stuff that's the case. I just yeah. like the idea of that, of the creator getting, right, being involved again. Yeah, when we talked to DJ McHale and he seemed to kind of say like he was unsure of his yeah. involvement with Are You Afraid of I mean, to me, that's a bummer. Like, that, yeah, that's his creation. How could. It, yeah, it really doesn't make any sense he's to not me. Dead, Why would he's, you? Yeah. He's, he'll do it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, hope he's involved. And um, I just think Clarissa is kind of like one of those characters. Uh, the vibe of the show is something that I think could, like, if they really stick to the originality of it, has a place on television. Yeah, you know, we didn't Avoid. talk. Avoid. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about it in the interview, and maybe we'll talk about it in the future sometime. But there was a uh, Clarissa pilot on one of the oh cbs okay cbs or they considered it yeah Yeah. um but he i read something about him talking about that and how they kind of stripped it of everything that Mm. made clarissa like (laughs) what it was kind of yeah um, he kind of like had his shot yeah like to make it what he wanted right like he talked about the clarissa bible like there were rules yeah yeah uh but it it just that drives me crazy i mean why would you change it you know you have this thing that's great and you want it you buy it right and then you totally ruin it that will be interesting to see if they do the revival of how much can he because it's not always oh, yeah, totally yeah. in his control no, yeah um how much does it stay true to the heart of clarissa yeah, um yeah and i also thought it was interesting what he was saying about like choosing a girl because they pretty much just won't let you be let boys behave yeah way. i mean i was thinking pete and pete a little bit um, but uh, yeah, otherwise you don't see a lot of those characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he, especially in this stuff lately. I mean, even adult, a lot of uh, adult-themed shows, like you see that a lot. The characters that are just really predictable. Like yeah. you know, it, you know them as a character already before you've watched any of it. You know, and totally. I think that was a big, strong point of Clarissa in particular. But yeah, all these shows. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk to him again. Maybe not. Yeah. But, uh, if that was our one chance to talk to him, it was great. Yeah. It was really fun. It was awesome. Uh, well, we're going to do a little bit of Clarissa trivia. You know, sometimes we do our favorite episodes, uh, written by the person we talked to. Uh, in this case, I didn't, IMDb is just not very clear on like which ones he wrote and directed, yeah. so I didn't want to kind of guess at it. And but, I did know that his favorite was no TV. Well, he has said his favorite is no TV in the yeah, past, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, which is a great one. That yeah, great one. totally. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do a little Clarissa trivia. If you guys yeah. want to play play along, feel free to play along with us. Um, and you can kind of see what your score is. But at the end, we'll say which what the right answers are. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. How well do you know Clarissa explains it all? Here we go. What is the name of Clarissa's pet alligator? Hold on, don't say okay. Alvin, Elvis, Melvin, or Stan? What are you going with? Elvis, I know this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Elvis. It's got to be Elvis. <laughs> uh, which we didn't talk to him about Elvis, but I did read a little bit about um, them, just like the decision that cutaways to Elvis were just too yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of wish they kept Elvis. Yeah, or every once in a while. Right. Just, just a quick every flash. Few episodes. He's still there. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so Elvis is the name of her pet alligator. Uh, which item did Clarissa accidentally shoplift from the mall? Was it socks? Lingerie? 
bikini or a shirt? Man, that's tough. I'm going to guess shirt. Okay, okay. I'm going to put in shirt. Uh, where does Clarissa's mom, Janet Darling, work? The oh, zoo, man. a vegan restaurant, the children's museum, or an organic food market? Children's museum. Yeah, I'll put that in. How does Clarissa try to raise $1,500 to buy a used car? Oh, that's a great episode. I think it's called Urge to Drive. <laughs> I don't specifically remember oh, it. It's really but... good. <laughs> okay, uh, by selling her clothes, by selling her brother... By selling greeting cards or by selling her soul? Man, these are tough. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say selling her brother. Okay. All right. <laughs> people Sounds at home, are, wacky, people at home are like, no. <laughs> Hopefully Mitchell's not listening to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is Clarissa's dad, Marshall Darling's nickname for her? Sport, slugger, slick, or silly? Man, I want to say sport, but I, upon hearing slugger, I was like, hmm. <laughs> but uh, sport, sport. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what is the name of Clarissa's annoying aunt from Canada? Ooh, mm. good luck to you. Matilda, Mafelda, Miranda, Meridia. I'm going to say Mafelda. Mafelda. All right. Yeah. You, f- you feel like I feel regular. fairly confident <laughs> about that. <laughs> All right. Why is uh, why is Sam's mom Debbie always on the road? Uh, she's in a rock band. She's in witness protection. She's in the roller derby, or she's a truck driver. Roller derby. Roller derby. <laughs> you seem to <laughs> pretty seem sure. Pretty sure. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, who is Ferguson Darling's biggest idol? Al Gore, Ronald Reagan, Dan Quayle, or George H. W. Bush? Yeah gotta be ronald reagan going reagan yeah all right uh what is the game show that clarissa and ferguson go on together is it blame game lame brain brain drain or lame game brain drain (laughs) when andrew there you have you have a real uh you can just tell when you know it as part of a science project what does clarissa decide to do for 24 hours Watch TV, listen to music, sit in silence, sleep. Watch TV. All right. Putting it in. Clarissa is broke and decides to get a job. Where does she end up working? A dog grooming parlor, a hot dog stand, a record store, or all of the above? Oh, man. All of the above. Okay. Okay. <laughs> how, uh, how does Clarissa meet her boyfriend, Clifford Spleenherfer? <laughs> Uh, I think I think Mitchell mentioned this episode. Uh, he's bullying her brother. He's in a uh, band she likes. He's dating one of her friends. He's her neighbor. Man, I'm pretty sure that he's the bully. Okay, he's bullying her brother. There you go. Clarissa gets called every year to babysit her neighbor's terrible daughter. What is her name? Edie, Ellie, Elsie, Esty. Man. I know this one for sure. You want help? No, no, I'm all just right. gonna get. I'll say Ellie. Ellie, all right. Um, where does Marshall want to move the family during his midlife crisis? <laughs> <laughs> Mango Island, uh, Papaya Island, Kiwi Island, or Pineapple Palms? Man, I do remember that. I think I, know I mean this happening, one too. but I don't know it. Um, I'm gonna say Mango okay. Island. Okay, Mango Island. All right, I think this is the last one. 
Clarissa takes a music class at school. Which instrument does she take up? The clarinet, the trumpet, the flute, or the oboe? Ooh, I'm on the fence on this one. Um, uh, clarinet. Clarinet. All right. Let's check out the results here. You scored a 67%. Oh, oh well, boy. I passed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, so you got Elvis, of course. That's her pet alligator. Um, she does not steal a shirt from the mall. She steal, uh, accidentally steals lingerie. Man, I, you know what? I, I should have guessed that, and I was about to, but I thought at the last second... That just sounds too risque for yeah. this. I must be like misremembering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, remember, Fer- there's that episode where Ferguson brings her bra into school. Oh right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a real jerk. Um, yeah, she, uh, Sam, and Ferguson help her get it back uh, into the mall. Man, um, that's a great. Uh, since you mentioned that episode, that's a great like. It's just like a really worrisome scenario. Uh, yeah, like, I can't imagine a more crazy scenario like. That you stole that and <laughs> that it was lingerie at that point, yeah. like, as she was a kid. So. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, okay, you got, you got that uh, her mom works at a children's museum. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- she tries to raise $1,500 to buy a used car. Love this episode. Uh, you said by selling her brother, which is a very funny answer, but the right answer is by selling greeting cards. <sighs> Um, yeah, she tries to sell Christmas cards in the middle of the year. <laughs> Sam dresses as an elf. Um, You've watched this one recently? Uh, very recently. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of prepping for the interview yeah. with Mitchell. Just get the vibe of sure. Clarissa again, and uh, this was one of the ones I checked out. Uh, you got the fact that Marshall calls her Sport. Really good nickname. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, you got the fact that her aunt is named Mafelda. Uh, yeah. I feel pretty good about that one. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, you got the fact that Sam's mom is in the roller derby, uh, uh, a.k.a. Dangerous Debbie. Mm. <laughs> uh, you missed um, Ferguson Darling's uh, biggest idol. Not it's Reagan. Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, he even has a uh, picture uh, of him hanging yeah, in his bedroom. Man, it sounded familiar, but it just yeah. seems so weird. And it's great. I mean, yeah, it's a, a perfectly one. weird thing. Yeah. Um, the game show you got right, Brain Drain. Oh, yeah. uh, yep. I remember that episode like it was yesterday, <laughs> and I have not seen it recently. That's a good one, too. Uh, you got the fact that she watches TV for 24 hours. It's a really good episode. Uh, all the jobs, you got that right, mm-hmm. that she uh, she ended up working at a dog grooming salon, a record store, a hot dog stand, a comic book shop, um, before getting burnt out and working at the local library instead. <laughs> Uh, and then um, you got you got how she met her boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. He was uh, Ferguson's bully. <laughs> uh, the girl she babysits every year is not Ellie, but Elsie. Man. Yeah. Uh, Tough one. Played by, do you remember? No. Michelle, Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Mango Island, you got that right. That's, <laughs> that's where Marshall yes. wants to go during his midlife crisis. <laughs> Doesn't work out, but uh, you know that's where he wants to go. Uh, and she doesn't play the clarinet, she plays the flute. Uh, she ends up getting really good at it and is asked to play a flute solo at the upcoming yeah. recital. Tough one. Yeah, a little fun though. Yeah, no, that was good. Hope you guys uh, did pretty good at home. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with my Mafelda answer. <laughs> You're going to be glo- I thought I knew it. I mean, be- it wasn't a guess. <laughs> going to be gloating all week. <laughs> um, yeah. Well... It's uh, great to revisit Clarissa. I mean, yeah, I'd like to do an episode review s- 
sooner than later. I know we've been kind of talking about Cool Dad for a while. That'd be yeah. a fun one to get well, to. <laughs> <laughs> Very iconic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about it maybe a couple episodes. Yeah, maybe let you guys sure. vote on one. Yeah. All right. So um, all this has been fun. But what are we doing next time around? Next time we're gonna do our listener topics part two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna hear from you guys and find out uh, what you are interested in and what you want to hear about yeah uh so people have been submitting kind of small questions that we can discuss just like last year talk about for a couple minutes and uh you know we'll talk about this it'll be fun (laughs) yeah uh so in the meantime if you want to get a hold of us uh any feedback on the mitchell kriegman interview or anything we've done over the last few weeks uh you can contact us on twitter at boc podcast you can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at orangecouchpodcast, uh, or you can check us out on Podbean, and you could uh, check us out on iTunes. Always helpful to leave a review there if uh, you got, you know, I think approximately, it takes approximately 30 seconds uh, just to <laughs> hit those stars. Um, and if you know anybody in Alaska, you know. I really harp on them <laughs> to get on it. Enough is enough. <laughs> Well, um, see you next time. John! Marcia! John! Marcia! John? Um, Marcia... Marsha John Marsha John Marsha John Marsha, 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 John, 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 Marsha, John, Marsha.